The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. For more information on Story City, go to storycitychurch.com. Yeah, thank you, Leah. Well, good morning. Happy post-Thanksgiving uh, Sunday. Are you satisfied? Is your stomach satisfied post-Thanksgiving? Did you have a good Thanksgiving, by the way? Was it good? How many of you guys ate way more than you should have? I, I so love this holiday. It's my favorite holiday. I love it. I ate so well. I actually had Thanksgiving lunch at Cracker Bell in Phoenix, Arizona. It was so good. It was amazing. How many of you guys fixed your own Thanksgiving lunch? How many of you guys fixed your own? How many of you guys ate with somebody who fixed a Thanksgiving lunch for you? You did? A couple of you guys? Okay, very good. On Friday night, we had dinner with some friends of ours for Thanksgiving, and uh, it was an amazing, an amazing meal. I'm grateful that you're here this morning. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors. If you're new, we're so glad you're here. We're in a one-off week, uh, what we call a one-off week. Uh, we finished the book of Philippians last week. We're going to begin a brand new series um, sort of next week, and we're going to begin our Christmas season. But today, we're in the book of Psalm chapter 9. If you happen to bring a Bible, Psalm chapter nine, and we're just going to be in two verses this morning. How many of you guys know somebody in your life that does something so extraordinary? By the way, the Mayfields are here. They just had a baby a couple weeks ago. So excited for you guys. I just saw you. We're so glad you're here. Um, how many of you guys uh, know somebody in your life that does something so well? By the way, they, they, you guys do babies so well. I just saw Quinn back there, and I'm like, hey, Quinn, aren't, aren't you, don't you love your baby brother? And it was so, she was like, no, I do not. It was awesome. I know she does. She's so cute. How many guys, back to the sermon. It's a short sermon today, so I got a little bit of time. How many guys know somebody, uh, don't time me. How many guys know somebody in your life that does something so well that you just feel like a miserable failure at it, right? Like, like maybe somebody was so good at cooking Thanksgiving. Yes, somebody was so good at cooking Thanksgiving. You're like, I'm a miserable cook, right? Um, Chris, our director of family, you may not know this. He is an incredible athlete. He played football at Florida State University. He probably wouldn't want you to know that this season but he played football at Florida State. He coached at Florida State. When I'm around Chris and he plays sports, I feel like this overweight, out of shape old man. Like he's so good at it. Um, Tyler, whenever he plays guitar, like I don't even try to play guitar. He's so good at it, right? Do you know somebody that's so good at something? You're like, man, when I'm around, I just feel like a miserable failure around them. My wife is so good at something that I just feel like, why, why, why should I even try? Because she's so good at it. Every week, not, not every week, probably every month since I've known my wife now for 13 years, um, she writes thank you cards to somebody in her life that she's grateful for, that she's thankful for because of something they've done for us, or, or just to say, hey, I'm grateful for you. My wife is so good at writing thank you. It's a learned behavior for me. Writing cards, I think that's true for most men, by the way. Um, writing thank you notes is a learned behavior. I feel like, though, I'm, I'm generally a grateful person. You feel like you're generally a grateful person? You're thankful for the things in your life? I feel like generally I'm thankful. I'm grateful for things in my life. This is the weekend, the one weekend of the year that we always focus on, this concept of gratitude and thankfulness. It's really odd that we spend one week in a year talking about it because humanity was created to be grateful and to be thankful. And so this morning, I just want to spend a few minutes, and I want to do it a little bit differently. This is a one-off week. We're not in a sermon series. And I want to speak very personally, but I also want to speak from Scripture this morning about this concept of gratitude and thankfulness. From Psalm chapter 9, starting in verse 1, I want to preach a message this morning titled, With All My Heart. 
Psalm chapter 9, starting in verse 1, the scripture said, this is, by the way, a song that David wrote. And this whole psalm in chapter 9 is considered a psalm of thanksgiving. Listen to verse 1. David says, I will give thanks to the Lord. I'm sorry. I will give thanks to you, Lord. What he says, with all my heart. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, with all my heart. David says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. David says, I will give thanks with all my heart. The phrase there literally means he's casting his gratitude on God. And when he mentions this idea of thankfulness in his heart and we put them all together, we have this concept that means way more than sort of an obligatory thank you when somebody opens a door or, or thank you when somebody um, pays for our lunch. This concept, when we take these phrases all together, gives us this idea. He uses the word heart here. And heart in the Old Testament is the seat of all of our affections. When David says, I am grateful with all my heart, David is describing, listen to me, the totality of all of his affections. And so in other words, when David says, I'm grateful, he's saying it's more than just an obligatory, thanks for holding the door. It's more more than, maybe not even less than, but it's more than just simply saying thanks with our actions, maybe writing a card. It's more than our emotions and how we feel. When David groups his heart with this concept of thankfulness, we get a biblical idea of what it means to be a person who is grateful. The heart describes the totality of all of our affections. So what does David mean? when he says, with all of his heart. According to the Bible, according to the Bible, when we take this concept and we look at it biblically, when we look at it holistically, when we look at it from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter 22, and we try to coalesce all of the verses in Scripture that pertain to gratefulness and pertain to gratitude and thankfulness, what we find is that true thankfulness is an expression of our actions, of our attitudes. Now listen to me. Because of the satisfied condition of our heart. Write this down. Write this down this morning. Gratitude is the symptom of a satisfied heart. Gratitude is the symptom of a satisfied heart. When my heart is satisfied, when my heart is satisfied, I experience what the Bible calls thankfulness and gratitude. That's way different than teaching my son as a little kid and we would ride through the grocery store at Publix and we would ride past the bakery and, and he would ask for a cookie and they would give him a cookie and we trained him to say, thank you. This experience in scripture of gratitude and thankfulness is more than a learned behavior. Now, let me try to explain holistically, and then I want to be very personal as we get to the end of this message this morning. Let me try to explain holistically, if you were to take your Bible, what, what scripture describes as this concept of gratitude and thankfulness. And let me begin here. Number one, humanity, you can write this down, was created to be grateful. Humanity was created to be grateful. It's inherent in how we were created. It's inherent in our creation that we exist to appreciate God. 
It's one of the reasons why we were created. It's so funny that we spend one week in a year focusing on this concept of gratitude and thankfulness, yet this is one of the primary purposes for which we were created, to appreciate God. Now listen to me. There are so many things to appreciate God for. We appreciate God because he created us. We appreciate God because he cares personally for us. He knows our needs intimately, personally. We're not just a mass crowd to him and a face in the crowd. He knows our needs intimately and personally. There's so many things to appreciate God for. He meets all of our needs and not the least of which he gave his only son that we could know God personally. Listen, appreciating God. It's fundamental to this idea of being human. Listen, listen to some of the verses that describe this fundamental privilege we have to be thankful to God. Psalm chapter 95, verse 1 and 2, the scripture says, Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. By the way, a lot of our Christmas songs are wrapped in this concept. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence. What does he say? With thanksgiving. Psalm 118, verse 29 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. How many of you can say this morning, God is good. His love endures forever. Psalm chapter 7, verse 17, I will give uh, to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, I love this, give thanks in all circumstances. I believe that was the message last week as we finished the book of Philippians. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 136, verse 1 and 2, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. Listen, we were uh, created. It's inherent in how we were created to appreciate God. But if you know the Bible, if you know the scriptures and you know Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you understand that we exchange this created purpose of gratefulness and thankfulness very quickly in the garden. And you can write this down. This is the second holistic understanding of thankfulness. We gave up on gratitude. Why? Because we were not satisfied. Now think about Adam and Eve for a moment. We were created for gratitude, but we gave up on gratitude. Why? Because we were not satisfied. Adam and Eve are the prototypical ungrateful people. They fail at gratefulness miserably. You know people that fail miserably at gratitude? They don't say thank you very well. They they don't write thank you cards very well. They don't ever say thanks. They're just generally ungrateful people. Well, before you feel good about yourself, uh, uh, we need to understand this morning that all of us fail at times at this idea of gratitude. Why? It's been that way from the very beginning. Our great, 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 great grandparents, just like um, 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 inherently tall and handsome and athletic as I am, I pass it on to my kids. Just kidding. Um, just, Just like we pass on our genes to our kids Adam and Eve passed on this gene of being ungrateful, and so they pass it on to us. And it's it's puzzling how they could be ungrateful. You know the story. God gave them the garden. They had everything to themselves. They had harmony with every created thing. They had harmony with God. 
But when we read the story of Adam and Eve, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, what we see is a story, these storylines that are unfolding, of two people that are painfully ungrateful to God. Now listen to me. Isn't that where most of our ungratefulness comes from? Isn't that where most of our ungratefulness comes from? I'm not satisfied with the gifts that God has given me. I'm not satisfied with God himself. I want more. And so Adam and Eve are unthankful people. That's where we get our ability to be unthankful from. And now, just think about this for a moment. Before we feel very spiritual and we feel like we're the top echelon of grateful people, think about how hard it is to be grateful consistently, persistently, frequently in our lives. There's sort of these two realms that exist in our life, the spiritual realm, the material realm. There are times in our life where, where maybe it's on a Sunday, maybe it's in community group, where, where, we, where we feel, where we understand this concept of gratitude because God has met some of these um, um, internal realities, these internal spiritual realities. We feel community. We feel love. Yet at the same time, we can experience gratitude towards the spiritual things God has given us. There may be material things in our life that are left undone, needs that are unmet. And so while we may feel gratitude for the, the spiritual things in our life, there are opportunities for us at the same exact time to be ungrateful because of material needs in our life that have not been met. Think about it on the opposite side. There may be days in your life when the job is good. There may be days in your life when the bank account is full. There may be days in your life when, when family life is good. All of your material and physical needs are met. But at the same exact time, the opportunity exists to be dissatisfied with God and his spiritual blessings because we have all of our material needs met. Think about how hard it is to be satisfied with a heart that's grateful and thankful consistently and persistently. You say, how is it even possible? Well, thankfully, the scripture, scriptures describe for us the possibility of being satisfied in God and being satisfied with God both for his physical gifts and his spiritual blessings. So the first thing we said was that we were created for gratefulness and thankfulness. But we abandoned that thankfulness and that gratefulness very early on in the garden, and Adam and Eve passed it on to us. But the third storyline of gratitude in Scripture is that Jesus lived a perfect life of thankfulness on our behalf. You say, well, that sounds like a good church thing to say. What do you mean by that, Pastor Matt? Well, what Scripture means by that and what we would mean by that is that Jesus entered into a world that's lacking in thankfulness. Jesus lived a flawless life of perfect appreciation of the Father, and he died on our behalf because of our ingratitude. Now, if you've ever known somebody who's pretty consistently a grateful person, who's pretty persistently a person who's thankful, then, then when you see that person, you have just a smidgen. Uh, that's a good Southern word. I'm injecting more Southern words into this. I want to culture you guys, all right? You see just a smidgen of taste of the perfectly thankful human who was Jesus, lived a perfectly flawless life of gratitude. And so because of that, Jesus gives us a good gift of his life of perfect gratitude. Now, how does that apply to us this morning? How does that apply to us this morning? Because the fourth storyline tells us when we have faith in Jesus, 
We are free, you can listen to this, and let me try to describe it. By faith in Jesus, we are free to enjoy the pleasure of being eternally grateful to God for his favor towards us. Now, that was very long. That was very wordy. Let me try to unpack that for you for just a moment. As a Christian, it's our rightful honor for our hearts to be consistently grateful towards God. Let me try to explain it with the concept of a prisoner. Someone who has committed a capital crime, let's say, a crime that should land them in prison for the rest of their life, may even end their life because of the crime. And, and that person who committed a capital crime is standing before a judge who says, I know this should be your punishment, but today, because I am a graceful and merciful judge, I'm going to allow you to walk free. Now, in our context, that would be a deplorable situation because a person who is guilty should serve the time for being guilty. Yet the record of Scripture is that we were prisoners because of our own capital crimes against God. And yet God being the graceful and merciful judge looked at us and he said, I know what you deserve, but today I'm allowing you to go free. You see, the understanding of a prisoner being set free by amazing grace Look, your heart will never be satisfied in God unless you allow that very thought to permeate your being. Unless you understand what Jesus did for you. But if you do, then the privilege we have is that because of God's amazing grace, the life we've been given is the privilege of enjoying God and being made more like Jesus and being grateful and thankful for what he did. Now, if you've ever met someone if you've ever met someone who's lived a life that's been shackled and chained to things in their life, that have stolen their joy, that's stolen their freedom, yet now they come out from under those things, you, you see you have the living example of a person who understands grace. There's a guy in our church. He's fairly new, although I've got connections with him that go years back. He would gratefully stand before you today and say, I've been sober almost two years. I've been sober almost two years, and my life previous to that involved alcohol, being chained to drugs, being chained to sex. But for two years, I have been free. And when you look this guy in the eyes, you see a guy that understands freedom. You see a guy that understands gratefulness. You see a guy that understands what grace has done for him. And if as a believer... You will gospelize yourself every day. Internalize the good news of Jesus on your behalf every day. An attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness is inevitable because your heart is satisfied in God. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, what Paul says. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord. Have you received Christ Jesus the Lord, by the way? Do you know the Lord? Have you been saved? Has it ever happened to you? As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, Paul says, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Listen to how he ends. Abounding in, what does Paul say, church? Thanksgiving. Listen, if as Christians we will firmly plant ourselves 
allow our feet to be firmly planted in the soil of the incredibly good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we have the ability to be persistently and consistently thankful people. Now write this down, and I'm almost done. When our hearts are satisfied in God, when our hearts are satisfied in God, we will become truly thankful people. One of my wife's favorite books is a book called 1,000 Gifts by Anne Voskamp. Has anybody ever read this book? It's a great book. It's a fantastic book. It's a great little book. And, and her premise in the book is, is really, really pretty simple. And, and that premise is that we can enjoy the life that we have right now. We don't have to be consumed with the life that we don't have if we will focus on expressing our gratitude for the gifts that God has given us. The premise is very simple. And so she uses the remainder of the books to chronicle some of those everyday gifts in her life in that book. This uh, sort of hit home with me this week. A pastor friend of mine posted on Facebook. It was a little convicting, but it was very challenging and very encouraging this morning. A pastor friend of mine posted something very similar to Ann Voskamp's book, 1,000 Gifts. And I thought it was incredible. And I wanted to show you that this morning. This is a Facebook post. And he said, every day for the past 400 days, whenever Andrea Lee did something I was thankful for, I wrote it down in this journal. And today, I finally got the chance to present it to her. Isn't that incredible? And, 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 and all the husbands in the room were like, oh my gosh, why did you put this on the screen? <laughs> but what was always intended for her, listen to what he says, but what was always intended for her ended up being the greatest gift I could give myself. Instead of looking for things she did wrong, I was now spending my day hunting for what she did right, even when nothing changed about our marriage. Listen to what he said. Everything changed once my perspective changed. Happy Thanksgiving, Andrea Lee. The words, I love you, will never capture the depth of my gratitude towards you. I thought that was so good. I thought that was so good. And that's the concept of this idea of 1,000 gifts. And so what I was hoping to do this morning to close out the message was to sort of Ann Voskamp style um, express to you some personal things that I'm grateful for, not so that you can um, uh, imagine how good things are for me or the grateful things that I have in my life, but I, I want to use them as a platform for God to speak to your life today to say there are things in your life that you can be grateful for today because of God's good gifts. So with the understanding of what Thanksgiving means, from a holistic perspective of Scripture, let me give you just a few things um, and a few gifts of God that I'm grateful for today. Number one, I'm grateful for three kids that call me dad. I'm grateful for three kids that call me dad. When we first got to L.A., we moved here almost four years ago. Uh, my wife, uh, my youngest son, Roman, was six months at the time. Um, Tyler's daughter was seven months at the time. We came here at the same stage in life. I also had a five-year-old and a four-year-old. And my wife would be walking through Vaughn's or whatever the grove, Ralph's, and, um, and she'd have Roman in her hands and one in the basket and one walking alongside. And people would stop her, and they would say, Wow, you got your hands full. <laughs> And my wife would respond, yes, hands full of blessings. Psalm chapter 127, verse 3 said, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. I'm thankful with all my heart today 
for kids that call me dad. I'm amazed in our culture how well dogs are treated in um, perspective to how kids are often treated. Have you been somewhere recently where kids just annoyed you? <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I want to say to us this morning, kids are a gift from the Lord. Even when you're leaving the house on a Sunday morning, it may have been even as early as this morning, and your kids are complaining about a Christmas gift that they've already received. Even in those moments, kids are a gift from the Lord. By the way, can I say this to you this morning? Um, Kids, our kids, your kids, the kids that are coming up behind us, even if you have no kids, the kids are in that room, and that room will be the ones that will stand on the stage, that will go to the ends of the earth, that will go to businesses, and they will share the gospel and take the gospel after we are gone. I went to a church one time uh, before we moved from Atlanta. It's a very large church. It was a large auditorium, probably 3,000 people. And we were just visiting. And I had young kids at the time. Roman was just a few months old. And my kids were four and five. And so I, I know, I've been in church long enough to know that sometimes kids can cry and talk. And so we sat at the very back of the auditorium, literally the last row of the auditorium, right by the sound booth. And I said, if our kids um, are, are loud, uh, if, they're, if they're loud, then, then we'll just take three steps and walk uh, of the auditorium and, and we'd gotten into the service and it came time where they were taking up tithes and offerings and one of the ushers came over to us and she leaned down and she said something to my wife and when the usher left I saw this look on my wife's face that was devastating and I looked at her I said what did they just say to you and she said um, pastor and I won't say his name but you would know his name if I said his name and he's influenced me significantly in my life pastor so-and-so doesn't allow kids in the auditorium and I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. And so I packed up our kids. We walked out into the lobby. I sat our kids down on the bench. I pulled my phone out. And I dialed up a tweet that was going to go out to 11,000 followers because I was so mad. <laughs> and I named the pastor. And thankfully, wisdom went out. And I did not post it. But I was so stinking mad. And it was that day that I determined when we planted a church in Los Angeles, Story City Church is going to be a church where kids were considered a gift from the Lord. She's not in this auditorium because she's back there serving our kids, but her mom and dad are here. And the reason why she's here is because she emailed us before she ever came, and she said, can my three-year-old daughter, I think she was two at the time, sit in the auditorium during worship? Yes, your daughter can sit in the auditorium during worship. You know why? Because kids are a gift from the Lord. I'm grateful this morning. I'm grateful this morning. I'm thankful this morning. Not just in word, not just in action. It is a condition of my heart. I'm satisfied. I'm grateful this morning for three kids that call me dad. I'm satisfied this morning and grateful for kids because they are a gift from the Lord. Number two, I'm grateful this morning for a wife that loves me unconditionally. I'm grateful this morning for a wife that loves me unconditionally. Even when you go to bed and you've forgotten to say thanks for an incredibly amazing Thanksgiving meal. And you have to wake up the next morning and say, I'm so sorry, I forgot to say it, but I am grateful. <laughs> I, I would probably say to us this morning, there are a few things in life, if any, that, that give us more hope knowing that we're loved by somebody unconditionally. I believe my wife and I have a good marriage. It's not perfect, mostly because I'm involved with it. 
but there's never a day, not one day in 12 years, not one single day. I don't say we don't fight. We do. Um, I don't say we don't get upset with each other. We do. I don't say we don't, aren't disappointed with each other. We are at times, but there's never been one single solitary day where I've gone home and I've wondered, does my wife love me? Or is she going to love me tomorrow? Now listen, that may not be your marriage today. That may not be the experience even of friendships that you have if you're not married this morning. But can I say to you, one of the greatest gifts we can give each other is unconditional love. Maybe that's with a friend if you're not married this morning. If you're married, listen to me, there's not a greater gift that you're gonna give your wife or your husband than the trust of knowing that you love them unconditionally. I'm grateful this morning for a wife that loves me unconditionally. Number three, I'm grateful this morning for a church that cares for the right things so stinking well. Now, it's not lip service to you this morning. God has massaged my heart in this difficult process. There have been times when it's been hard and difficult. But I want to say to you this morning, it is the condition of my heart to say to you, I am grateful to be a part of Story City Church. Why? Not because of the organization, because of names, because of faces, because of John and Susan, because of Josh and Megan, Michelle, and sometimes Michael. I'm grateful. <laughs> I love you, brother. Look, the normal story, the normal narrative of church in America is one that's skeptical and it's cynical. And, and the normal storyline of churches in America, the real facts are that 80% of churches in America are plateaued and declining primarily because there's fighting among members. That's a norm. Preference takes precedence. And I want to say to you this morning, especially if you're visiting, we are not a perfect church. Why? Because 100% of us here today, 100% of us here last week, 100% of us here next week are imperfect people. But can I say to you this morning, I'm thankful to be a part of a church that loves people so stinking well, that welcomes people so stinking well, that desires to know the Lord more. Can I brag on you just for a moment? I got a text message last weekend from somebody in our church who had come out to Christmas uh, holiday in the park and the text message says, by the way, hanging out with you guys the other night really messed with my head spiritually in a good way. Seeing what real love and care looks like with people, I needed that. I, I can't look at my crew the same anymore. It's so dark after experiencing you guys the other night on Friday. It really affected me all weekend. That's not unusual. If you're new this morning, we will disappoint you at some point. But I want to say to you this morning, this is a good place with good people who are loving and striving to know Jesus more, put him in his rightful place. And this is a loving church who loves each other and loves our city. I'm grateful this morning. It's the condition of my heart. I can say it. It's the totality of my affections this morning. I'm grateful for a church. Aren't you, Tyler, that cares for things? I'm grateful for Tyler, by the way. I really am. It cares for the right things so well. Number four, and I'm almost done. I'm grateful that today has never happened before. And today will never happen again. Do you realize what a gift today is? How many stories have you heard of someone's today being their last unexpected day? How many stories have you heard like that? Those stories remind me 
inspire me concerning the brevity of life and gratitude to God for his gift of today. My wife and I talk frequently about a former student in our ministry named Brittany. She was married very early in her 20s, had three beautiful boys. And a couple years into her marriage, her 27-year-old husband who was loved by anybody who ever knew him, as a parole officer in his office one day, had an aneurysm and literally died at his desk. How many stories have you heard of somebody's day today being their last unexpected day? Every year in student ministry, there was always a teenager that passed away unexpectedly, died in a car wreck, commonly committed suicide. There was one particular New Year's Eve where we were in Florida visiting family and I received a call. One student who was friends with a lot of other students in our ministry had died on the interstate going home, killed by a drunk driver. Just this year, I had a friend from high school who died on the freeway on his way home from managing the restaurant really late at night. His car went off the side of the road, flipped, and he died instantly. How many stories have you heard of somebody's today being their last unexpected day? Reminds me of James chapter 4, verse 14. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. Listen to me. Do you know what James 4 reminds us of? James 4 reminds us that tomorrow only exists to God. It exists, but it only exists to God. He's the only one who's ever experienced it. We have not yet experienced it, even though people like me and maybe some of you try desperately every single day to exist tomorrow, rather presently today. (laughs) Can I say to you this morning, I know you hear me say this often, today has never happened before. Today will never happen again. You hear me pray it often. You hear me speak it over you often. Can I tell you why I say that often? Because I need to be reminded of gratitude for this day that God has given. Because it's not promised. This is the only day that's promised. Tomorrow is not promised. And we need to live in this moment presently and today. The condition of my heart is that I'm grateful for the day that God has given. It's the only one that God has promised. Today is going to be somebody's last unexpected day. So long as there's breath in my lungs today, that's never happened before, this day's never happened again, I want to live grateful for the day that God's given. Now, last one and I'm done. I'm finally grateful that yesterday was not final. I'm grateful that yesterday was not final. You see, yesterday's failures, for many of us, define today's realities. And if we understand scripture rightly, that doesn't have to be the case Too many of us live in our past mistakes. Too many of us live in our past failures. But the gift of today, listen, means that yesterday wasn't final. The reality of Scripture means that the grace of Jesus towards us means I don't have to run from God today because of my sin yesterday. The grace of Jesus towards us. This is how we live consistently and persistently. Grateful to God. Thankful to God. He said, I don't have to run from God today because of what I did yesterday. I can run to God. I can live fully for God today because of the grace of Jesus. Can I say to you the condition of my heart? I'm grateful for a new start today. I'm grateful for a new start every day. Is your heart satisfied in God today? Is your heart satisfied in God? What What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for materially? physically, spiritually, 
What are you grateful for today? Can you name it? I'd like us to close this Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving weekend. Just spend a moment. The band's going to play one last song. And we're going to be done. Can we just spend just, just a moment before we sing a song, Tyler, as a church and express gratitude for the thousands of gifts that God has given us today? Can we do that? You just, your, your chair is your own altar in this moment. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to confess. You don't have to, to, to give a praise report. Just right now in this moment, as we have focused on gratitude and gratefulness and thankfulness, and we understand it biblically, can we spend just a moment thanking God for the gifts he's given? Let's pray together. presence with thanksgiving. Your love endures forever. You've been so good to us, Father. Lord, it would be difficult to contain and write down all the blessings that you've given us, Lord. Relationally, spiritually, materially. And so today, we enter your presence with thanksgiving, with gratitude, God, I'm confident there are people in this auditorium who are struggling with the condition of their hearts. And Jesus, I pray for those this morning who are wrestling of the spirit of the living God. Would you remind this, remind them, according to the scriptures, that your kindness leads us to repentance. Would your grace remind them of your goodness towards us this morning. Would you lead us to a place of gratitude and thankfulness today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.